Welcome to The Range Brief with Blackwing. I'm your host, Jared Ramey. Today, we are talking about emergency preparedness and some things to consider when you're building an emergency plan. And I am joined by somebody with a little bit of experience in this field. Ed Borland, you are a 31-year veteran of the fire department and now a retiree. Yep, I got out of there alive. <laughs> Looking pretty good for your age, bud. <laughs> well, trying to stay healthy. Uh, I guess we should start with the fire department side. October is, tell me about this, what is it? National Fire Prevention Month. So all over the country, we're reminding people to check their batteries and their smoke detectors. And what what is the interval? Every six months, you want to just go reach up and test those things. And then once a year, usually you do it when you change your clocks. And then once a year, you want to look at replacing those batteries. You want them replaced before they start chirping at you. It's a good call. And then uh, I think a sound advice would be have a fire extinguisher on every floor of your house. Yep. Another thing to go over is they call them Edith exit drills in the house. So if you have kids at home, families, your family, not not if you got multiple families. <laughs> hey, this, the rule applies. <clears throat> yeah, it could be. But it's just an exit drill to, you know, have a plan, you know, in case of, you know, we used to teach um, Safety City a long time ago. They still do, but it's been a while. I went to Safety City. Yeah, you get to ride the little bicycles around. Hell yeah. But they do talk about an exit drill out of the house, you know, to try to, you know, and you got to practice that so that, you know, if you do have kids there that they know how to get out of the house. Yeah, but you got to practice it with the adults in your house too. That's absolutely. Get down, find an exit, find the exit in the dark. Get out, stay out and have a place to meet. Yep. That's awesome. Anything you would recommend somebody who doesn't have a lot of experience in fire prevention how they would build that plan or where they can go with somebody that can help them do it. I mean, most fire departments are absolutely like a great place to start. You can online, there's plenty of resources online, but you know, fire departments, we love to talk about fire prevention. Yeah, man. I mean, we'd love to put ourselves out of business, but that's never going to happen. Yeah, sure. They would. <laughs> sure. They would. All right. So we got, we got October fire. What does it say one more time? Fire Prevention Month. Fire Prevention Month. We got that done. So now let's talk about the emergencies that I think a lot of people consider for this plan, right? What FEMA considers an emergency. So that's like severe weather, a pandemic. Some of us have a little experience with that recently. Mm -hmm. Or just like a store closure, right? Let's say there's a, a power outage. Some things that you should have in your home, some plans you should have established, for any type of emergency. And I, I think most people will assume that we're going to talk about what to do if you have a home invader or so something on the the Marshall side of preparedness. And we'll get to that. But first, we want to get uh, some key, some, some, some things you should consider uh, before, before those. We think they're a little bit more important. Yeah. Natural disasters. Good idea. For sure. Yeah. So that's your and what to kind of have. What what would you have? What do you think that you would have? I think you've got to break it down into like what do you need prepared for the season. So like what I would have in my basement for winter, not not what I would have like prepared for tornado season. Yeah, you know it I mean? kind of does change a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> but I think the key across the board is right. The first thing you see on every list is have some water. Have some water for 
level of people in your house. And we're going to go, we, we leaned on FEMA a little bit. No, no, nobody crucify us in the comments, <laughs> but uh, FEMA actually has some really good checklists and some things to, to look at, you know, some, some bullet points. So they, what they recommend is a gallon of water for every person for at least three days. And that is for drinking. Uh, they also recommend more water for sanitation. So let's say you're, you know, the power's out, your plumbing's going to work for a little while, but you should fill up your tub. Like if you got a tub, fill that sucker up with water and just plug it and then use that to flush your toilets. If you don't know how that works, you just take off the top of the toilet, pour the water in there, and then you got, you know, you got three gallon flush. I do a lot of hiking and camping. And so there's one time I was going up Pike's Peak and they, you know, in the reading about it, they're like, usually they're like talking about, you know, you got to bring plenty of water. You got to bring plenty of water. And so I start hiking up Pike's Peak with like two gallons of water strapped to my back on top of all the other equipment. Get up there and there's like a stream running through the camp that's about halfway up there. So rather than have an, all that water there, I ended up getting a filter. And so I could filter the water and it, and it did a super great job. Yeah. And that would be, I mean, on, you could probably drink your tap water, right? Yeah. As long as you're not in Flint, Michigan, you'd probably be fine. That's true. But having, having a way to filter water, should you use up your supply, I think is an excellent idea. At least for drinking. Yeah, even like a life straw. I don't want to filter my water and then flush it down the toilet. <laughs> life straws are a good idea too. Maybe unnecessary. But yeah, have some water. Have a plan for water. If you live in an apartment, you're like, dude, I'm not catching rainwater. I'm not uh, I'm not filling my basement full of five-gallon like military surplus. I get it. We're not saying that. But have some cases of water, right? Have a couple cases like in your closet or something. So they're not in the way and you're not using them on a daily basis. It's like your reserve and plastic water bottles do have a lifespan, right? So I would say like every year, just rotate them suckers out, man, put, put those in the garage and then, uh, uh, put a new, a new case back there. The plastic leeches, the BPAs, Yo. the BPAs. Yep. All right. Next one food what is your recommendation food. for food what do i have for food yeah what is does mr bullard have in his, Man, uh, I've, I've got some dehydrated meals that i picked up actually blackwing had some a while back a bucket of food and there's like 50 meals in this thing so if it i mean if things got really hairy out yeah i could make those last for you know 100 meals Ugh. you know cut them in half don't eat them all. We could all do with a little fasting. A little intermittent <laughs> yeah, fasting that's true. Would probably be good for us. But the thing of it is, I mean, if you're looking at a, a natural disaster, say, and you just, some people aren't going to be able to just shelter in a home. Okay. Those people are going to be out there doing some work. Well said. Yeah. Very nuanced. Yeah. So you got to get out there. You So you need that energy. We live in a different, I can't think of anything really that bad that's going to shut everything down yeah. you know you look at some of the other natural disasters and you know they had one in east palestine where the you know the train derailment and that kind of shut that place down for a while but you know they brought in water and food other than something really really bad happening I'm not so sure that you know yep. it's good to be prepared but I don't think you need it for the long haul. Yeah, you don't need the off-grid setup 
Yeah. I mean, we're just saying having a couple days, you know, like a week's worth of stuff, that's an excess, right? You're probably not going to be hemmed up for a week straight, yeah. uh, especially not in central Ohio. You know, we don't have the California blackouts or hurricanes we got to worry about. So I think it would be a pretty rough winter if they couldn't plow your street in a week. Now, somebody's oh. going to tell me, they're like, dude, they don't plow my street ever. <laughs> I've never Man. been. So uh, but tiny streets, it's tough to get them big trucks down there. Fire department would know about that. But have some food. I think a solid recommendation is, you know, have three days of food for your family and they can live comfortably. And it doesn't have to be MREs. Although kids, dude, you give a kid an MRE, it's like the most legit lunchable ever. Oh, my gosh. So much fun. That is true. It's not the best food, but uh, for three days, it's it's pretty awesome. It kind of helps out on the water issue, too, because, you know. Doesn't take much to cook them, <laughs> that's for sure. I think, like, camping food is another great option. Tastes better. Uh, downside is I think it's a little bit more pricey, and I don't think it has the shelf life of an MRE. But if you're going to right. Joe Schmo's surplus, check the dates on those MRE cases, because some of those... Uh, should have been a field loss a couple of years ago, <laughs> but also like canned food, man, go get some, some Campbell's ravioli. Yeah. Something like you don't need to be, uh, you don't need to be li- living at the Ritz Carlton in your basement for a week, yeah. but you want to have some chow and reserve. And we understand that not everybody is in the, the nuclear family home uh, with, you know, 2.5 kids and, and, a, and a dog. But if you're in an apartment and we know space is limited, just try to have, something right where you're not you don't have to leave like you personally can be prepared uh next they recommend you know flashlights first aid kit extra batteries that common sense stuff have a way to see in the dark uh, i think candles kind of count into that mm-hmm. but part of that is hey man try to make yourself comfortable right especially if you've got kids or you, you're responsible for a wife like Put things in place where it doesn't have to be a, uh, a survival scenario, right? Like it's it's an experience, but it doesn't have to be a negative one. So like at our house, in the basement, should we get the, the tornado alarm? We head down there. There's a board game. There's like fun candelabra. There's a fun lantern. It's It's like kind of turns into like cozy camp night until it all blows over. I think that's important. To make it fun in some way. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Not, not I make it this terrifying experience. Toiletries is what they recommend. Yeah, you're going to have some TP, man. You know what I mean? Like you got all your tub water last thing you want to be. <laughs> you don't want to be busting <laughs> out the Sears catalog. Like, uh, we used to use leaves back in the day. Oh, man, what was your choice leaf? I wonder. I, well, you'd have to get a soft one and you'd rub them together. <laughs> Get them, get them going. You're in the woods. It's like, but nowadays I pack a nice roll of toilet paper. Smart me. man. That's and I've got it down to like using two sheets. Whoa. Any? I'm el- just kidding. There's a bachelor in the room here. Any <laughs> any uh, eligible ladies come in and see us at Blackwing? A roll of toilet paper can last me six months. <laughs> two sheet ads. Oh, I'm kidding. We're having too much fun. Okay. Uh, Plastic sheet and duct tape is on this list. I'm assuming that is to seal off your home, say a train derails. Yeah. Some 
plastic, you know, keep that stuff out. Keep yeah. the good stuff in. Manual can opener. I'm kind of surprised to see that on the list. Well, if you're getting canned goods and you don't have electricity, your yeah, your I mean, electric can opener is not going to do you any good. It'd be ashamed to have to use your knife. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, could, <laughs> you have to get the saws on. Uh, local maps, cell phone, and chargers, and a backup battery makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then they go into additional emergency supplies, cloth based cloth face coverings. Is your is your COVID? Oh, yeah, your N95 stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. Prescription medications, that is huge, right? So if you are on insulin or something and there is an emergency and you know your local pharmacy is out of insulin, you should probably have, that's literally life-saving equipment. You should probably have some of that around and vice versa. Uh, non-prescription medications such as pain relievers, anti-diarrhea medication, antacids, and laxatives for the MREs. <laughs> well said. <laughs> Prescription eyeglasses and contact lenses. Do you know uh, Theodore Roosevelt? He sewed. He would sew extra eyeglasses into his uniform. So he had like five or six pairs on them at all times. Yeah, you I should, can understand that. You should be like that. You should have a couple <laughs> sets kicking around. I do. I keep a, keep a set in my lunch bag I bring to work just in case. This one will hit hard. This one is... Uh, resonates with me so infant formula clean bottles wipes and diaper rash cream man i feel like that's the kind of stuff when you need it you need it and it seems like every time you need it they don't have what you need at the walmarts so have some of that stuff have an excess you know have an extra tube pet food and extra water for your pet oh yeah i mean think about that man you gotta you gotta ration for them too yeah that's a lot of people don't think about their pets that often. Yeah, I think you know? uh, we responded to a hurricane, and there was there was a lot of freaking dogs, man, dogs mm-hmm. everywhere. I was shocked by that, but you're right. Like people are like, "Hey, man, I can't. This isn't in the plan." Like, and they leave their dog behind, or they let them out. Yeah, just let them go. Surreal. Not me. I'm taking my dog with me. I'm. I'm don't plan on leaving. It's going to be real bad <laughs> before I'm getting in the truck. Um, what else is on here? Sleeping bag or warm blanket for each person. Yeah, this is, I think this is like a no brainer and pretty critical, especially if you don't have a generator or some way to stay warm and it gets mm-hmm. real cold. There's a power outage, man. It's negative 10. You're going to need to insulate. Yes. It's and pretty uh, cold. So not having the generator, if you don't have access to one, you know, a good way that you can get to be safe about it. Uh, a candle and a ceramic flower pot. Tell me more. Okay. So you can use a couple bricks to block that up, the the ceramic pot above the candle. Light the candle, put the ceramic pot over top of that. It's going to heat that pot up and then radiate that heat out from there. So, you know, a candle and, and you know, if I'm trying to conserve heat, I'm going to move everything into one room. The plastic I can use, put blankets up to try to keep, you know, all the heat into one room. So then I'm going to use that candle in that pot. Yeah, it's a great idea. I tried it. It works. I, I didn't believe it, but it, it actually will warm it up enough. At least take the edge off, keep you yep. from. And then, you know, if your your hands get cold, you can get up there closer to it. But 
takes a while for it to warm up, but it does warm up. Uh, they recommend, so this is actually part of the vehicle preparedness, which I don't, we're not going to get into that today, but you know, have a complete change of clothes uh, appropriate for the climate and sturdy shoes, something you can walk in should you need to walk. Fire extinguishers, we kind of hit that. A lot of stuff on fire extinguishers, get a decent sized one, put it on each floor of your house, make sure everybody knows how to use it, which you'd be surprised how many people don't know how to use a fire extinguisher. So, you know, hey, if you need three of them, grab four of them and make it a fun time. Learn how to use a fire extinguisher. Go spray something down the backyard. Matches in a waterproof container. Mess kits, paper cups, plates, paper towels, and plastic utensils. I guess you don't have to burn up your uh, your your short water supply if you've got disposable stuff. Yes. Matches that are pretty nice too. So, I mean, if you're in a flood, those fireproof or those waterproof matches work out. Oh, yeah, man, flooding. That's something I have like no experience with. Get yeah. a boat. Just go to your top floor. <laughs> Wait it out. On the roof. Okay, so some things that I have experienced with generators. So obviously, if you have a generator, you need to make sure that it works. Mm-hmm. So run that sucker periodically. I would recommend you run it every three months and make sure you keep fresh gas in it. Better yet, buy ethanol free gas from sheets and use that. So every sheet's got a uh, ethanol free pump, you know, put that in your five gallon jug and use that in your generator or even like your small engines. Does that stop it from gumming up and all that stuff? Yeah. So like normal gas you get, unless you use a preventative, it's like three months. That's stability stuff. Stable. Yeah. So stable gets you to a year. Okay. If you're using ethanol free gas, that that'll last you a year without an additive. You add an additive to that and you know, you can add, Another six months to that. I didn't know. Didn't know you were so such well versed in generators. I really like chainsaws. I don't think that podcast is ever going to come up, but that's my day. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't think. It, well, maybe if Blackwing starts selling chainsaws, yeah, we, we need a forestry yeah. portion. Let's talk yeah. about Rex. Maybe put that in the ski annex. There we go. I could be in the new steel dealer. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> but yeah, get yourself some. Ethanol I think he likes Hus- Husqvarna though. There's no way he likes Husqvarna. <laughs> we're going to fight. <laughs> Make sure you have enough gas to get you through a couple of days, right? So you don't have to run your generator all the time. Typically, you need to run it uh, to keep your your refrigerator running or keep your air conditioner going. And there's a whole side to that of like how to use your generator. Uh, but what I want to get to is make sure your generator works. Uh, make sure you know how to start it and the people in your family know how to start it. And then something I have a little bit of experience with is theft of said generator. <laughs> so in Florida, what happens is like people will run their generators at night because it's hotter than the, you know, mm-hmm. the threshold of hell. And what people will do is they will steal said generator and they do it by starting up like a crappy two stroke engine, like a lawnmower or something. They turn that bad boy on in the driveway. They, you know, Just swap them out, swap them out. And you wake up in the morning, like, oh, I hear my generator running. You go out back to fill it up. <laughs> And it's a, you know, broke down Toyo. So make sure you have some type of uh, security plan for said generator. And generators aren't quiet, man. If nobody else on the block's got a generator and you're running yours, they know where to go. Criminal's so smart. Yeah, I'll tell you what. So keep that in mind, everybody. You know, think about that stuff. All right. So, you know, special plans. Oh, we got to talk about the plan side of this. We kind of hit on it with fire department or fire. Mm-hmm. 
but having a plan and then rehearsing it. So it's, it's great to have a plan, but it's pretty useless if you're not there. Right. So just like you did at school, man, have your kids do a fire drill, have your wife do a fire drill. Hey, in this emergency, what are you going to do next? <laughs> Ask those questions. And, uh, that is pretty safe insurance, man. That is, that is our highest recommendation is have a plan and then practice the plan. Do we have anything on emergency preparedness? Like as an individual that we want to talk about gear that you maybe should have recommended gear. I like my coffee in the morning. Facts. Yeah. So this goes back to my hiking days. I still kind of hike a little bit, not as much as I like want to, but a filter. I have a jet boil so that I can put water in, takes a little propane tank, heats water, boils water in like 90 seconds. Best thing ever. I can do a pour over. So if I'm in the middle of a, a blizzard, you know, a flood, I'm hip living my natural best life on disaster. Yeah. My coffee. Yes. You know. I can't function without coffee in the morning. Honestly, that is a great point though. Of like, if you have something that I don't even say something you use every day, but like something that just is a comfort. Yeah. Dude, have, have a resource. Even if it's instant coffee, like have a stockpile so that, uh, that it's not survival, right? It's just inconvenience. What about some tools, like just some generic, you know, universal assets that you should just have as a person. One thing that I like, I like to have two knives. I've got my, you know, my sharp knife, you know, the ones that I need to like precision stuff. And then I've got one that, you know, it's a big beater K bar that I can, you know, use a hammer to split wood with if I don't have an ax. Um, just, Something that's not going to break on me. Yeah. I mean, I feel like a, a good sturdy knife is, even if you do live in an apartment, that's a yeah. that's a tool that you will probably need in your lifetime. Yep. An axe is a great implement, right? If you're splitting woods, and if you're doing anything with wood in this part of the country, an axe is the superior way to, to, superior way to go. It's just not very flexible for anything else. Fire employment, anything, dude. Matches, lighter, yeah. fire, steel, flint, like... Do you watch some YouTube videos, but like have some freaking big lighters lying around. You yeah. know what I mean? Light your candles with them. I always like to have uh, it's those little fire starter logs. Oh, those are handy. Yeah. Cause then, you know, you don't have to get all the other small kindling to go. You can just kind of, you know, put that thing on there. And I take it when I go camping, I put a little one in there, put it in a plastic bag, shave off some of that. And it's a time straight. saver. Yeah, yeah. Especially some way to oil water, right? You're in your house, you got, you've got a freaking pot, mm-hmm. but do you have a, like a canteen cup or something? Should you not be in your house? You know, you got your, your bag, have a way to boil some water. I think a generic, a generic toolkit, right? Even like the one you get for your wife, that's got yeah. pliers and screwdrivers and they're pink handled. Like, dude, that's better than nothing. Right. Go to Ikea and get that yeah. beater. When it comes to tools, I mean, it, you, the more, the better, Yeah, you know, cause you're, Never know when you're not going to have the right tool. Yeah, man. So the more you got, the better. But just a basic tool set with screwdrivers and pliers, stuff like that. Just never know when you're going to need to fix something. Yeah, man. And if it's an easy fix, something like, let's say you're not mechanically inclined, but the freaking windows jammed open, like you need some tools. Yeah. You might need something. I think of like securing your home. And I I think of emergency preparedness. I think of those 
those poor suckers in Florida who it's like twice a year, you know what I mean? They're putting they're plywood up and boarding them up. Yeah, like there is a there's a time and a place for that. If you have the means, dude, have some have some plywood lying around, have some big deck screws that you can make it happen with. But uh, securing your home, think about that. If you got a fence, a chainsaw, dude, if you got some timber, you know what I mean? If you've got any type of property or even like my house, we have, we have trees that if they fell in the house, it would be a problem. A way to remove that or, man, things got real bad, you know what I mean? That, that doomsday scenario, I can cut down my little pear tree and <laughs> stay moderately warm in the backyard. Yeah. I've no. got, you know, I've got a fireplace in my house. Oh, I got so. two of them actually. One of them's a regular wood burner. The other one is a it's gas insert in there. Oh, I'm so envious, um, man. But if the gas, you know, it's kind of nice on a nice cold day. You just reach over and you flip a switch and you got flame. Yeah. But the one downstairs in the family room, it's uh, a lot more labor intensive to split wood and get wood and carry it in and but what an awesome capability you know yeah. what i mean like pff, i don't care if the power goes out no matter what i've got a, i got a capable like yeah. i can do something i can do so much with fire yeah you know for sure heat you know cook with it yeah best case you know you, you got a gas stove because that's going to hang out for a while even if the power goes out you're going to have gas i don't know mine's electric mine's, oh. it's gas but if the power's out it doesn't work oh right on. so then then yeah. you're kind of hosed, but, yep. um, okay. So you don't have that. Well, you've got a real fireplace that you can do something with. Yep. I've got a fire pit and a jet boil. <laughs> How about that? Well, that's better than nothing. That's true. It's better than nothing, but you know, have a plan. All right. So we covered some tools. We actually, uh, I don't think there's anything else we missed. Did we? I'm not, I'm sure there is. I'm sure there's plenty of stuff we missed. I mean, it's stuff yeah. to cover every little aspect of this yep you can really rabbit hole it but have some you know have a basic toolkit have the stuff that most people are working towards because that's that i mean tools are never a bad investment never all right i think the the part that most people are interested in is our take on firearms and some of the things you should do to be prepared in that realm yes and i think the first step is having a reliable firearm. Uh, lots of good options out there, but pick one that you know every time you want to use it, it's going to work and that you know how to use it. So I think the next important thing is like proficiency. Uh, just because practice. You, yeah, practice. Make sure I know how to use it, but I'm actually good, good with it. Uh, a secure system. Getting back to practice there a little bit. How, how, I mean, say I'm new, I'm just coming out learning. I've kind of got the basics down. How often should I practice? Oh, how often should you practice? Ideally, you know, you're, you know, I've got the basics down. I can shoot the target that I'm looking at pretty good. I'm not off the paper anymore. I'm on the paper. So I've got the basics down. Not an expert by any means, but how often should I practice to keep that skill level where it's at? The easy answer is dry fire. You should be able to do dry fire once a week, right? Sign yourself 10 minutes and put yourself through that plan. Like, all right, I hear something. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stay in place or I'm going to go hunt it down. Yep. Right. 
how am I going to do that? How do I manipulate my firearm? How do I ensure what my target is? Like I had a saying I used to tell my guys all the time before we would ever go down range or even like a training event, the body will follow where the mind has already gone. So if you can put yourself through like a mental exercise of like, this is what I could expect. Here's how I would respond to it. Your brain will work faster in that situation. But as far as like how much should you practice, man, it's such a loaded question. I would say at a minimum, at a minimum, you should be able to shoot 50 rounds a month, right? Just one box of ammo to keep that familiarity up. Because I notice that when I don't practice that, you know, my grip gets a little off. You know, it takes me a couple rounds to kind of get back to where I was. I don't shoot a whole lot of handguns or rifles in the summertime because it's trap season. Okay. I'm out shooting my shotgun. Yeah. If you're going to go for Ed, go for him in the summertime. Unless he's got his freaking double barrel on him. (laughs) I keep it with me wherever I go. (laughs) That's one of my comfort things I'm taking with me. I've got my Beretta. (laughs) So I think you can do a lot with dry fire, like I was saying. But at a minimum, you know, try to get to the range once a month, you know. Just put some rounds down. Uh, I think also the type of practice you do, like going and shooting trash is not going to uh, increase your proficiency. Having going to the range with a plan and like mm-hmm. uh, today I'm going to shoot the dot torture target or something is pretty important. But that proficiency side, man, that's a huge topic. Yep. But be proficient and then have a way to secure your system. Now, if you're the single bachelor, eh, do you. you know what I mean, I lived in a, trailer with three army guys and it was like guns i was like what is going on this place is we look like crazy people uh now oh dude your life has kind of changed a little bit oh my god my wife made me invest and i say that because it was a lot in in safes for like the house oh my god that is a painful purchase but dude so necessary i can't even fight it you're like yeah you're right yeah it's time absolutely a good safe will Save your life. Yep. Good safe will save your ass for sure. (laughs) For sure. And then like having that, having that plan, you know, how do I get to this thing? So that's my dry fire now is like, how do I get through all the procedures to get to my gun? Yep. Practice it. So that has been my, my new ritual. So part of that secure system, I was shocked at this. We, uh, we were downrange. This goes to loaded magazines. So we had, we had a plenty of ammunition, right? We had like a, our, our fallback point was like, we had, we had no shortage of bullets. Right. Problem is none of the bullets were in a magazine. And then one day we're Just checking like an this. We're like, can. Yeah. We were like counting the ammo to like meet. Um, and we're all looking around like, should we have to use this ammo? Who's taking the time like to load who jam max? This is as is asinine. So we like that day, and I learned a life lesson of like, if you've got magazines, they should be loaded because they're not going to be any help to you should they not be. So if you've got, you know, if you got your, uh, your Glock 19 and you're safe, right? You got your magazine in there. You should probably have some secondary or tertiary loaded magazines ready to go. And I hope you don't get in a gunfight where you need more than one magazine, but I assure you that should you need more than one, you'll be happy you got them. That you happy you got them. And then enough, this was a COVID thing. So having enough ammunition to practice with, even though, like, because you couldn't get it, right? So like, if you wanted to still be proficient, 
you, it was like dipping into your, into your carry stuff. And it's like, that's no good. Uh, and we were kind of talking about this, like, what is a, uh, what is a reasonable amount of ammunition to store? Like to have is like backup. So I don't shoot this unless you can replace it. Unless you can replace it. That's a great way to say it. So we think 600 rounds is like the minimum. That's one year shooting one box of ammo a month for a handgun, 50 rounds. Uh, it's just to, just to keep around, right? Should there be another uh, shortage? Yes. Should we say? You could still go out and practice with your stuff and not feel like you're getting into your defensive stuff. So or, you're still going to want to have your defensive around. Oh, so this sure. is just 600 rounds of practice. Ammo. Yep. 600 rounds that you leave there until the day you can't get a, a practice box right. at the range. Uh, ideally, dude, ideally you got a couple thousand rounds just chilling out in an ammo can that's sealed and got a desiccant pack and is like ready to go. Ideally. Right. Um, uh, ideally they'd be loaded. Magazines loaded in desk and pack. Well, you know, that'd be the best case. But, you know, you're never going to go wrong having a couple extra rounds kicking around as long as you got them secured correctly. Don't let them, don't let them sit in your basement and then your basement floods and you're out your investment. That's true. We've seen that. We've seen quite a few people bring ammo into us and want us to dispose of it. And it's moldy and, yeah, you know, corroded and, you know, the primers get wet. It's not sensitive like food, but you should treat it like an investment. It's a hell of a lot more expensive than food, especially yeah. these days. Protect that investment. You know, put some desk impacts. Put it in a watertight container, a container that can actually fall off the shelf and not detonate. Looking at you, plastic ammo cans. <laughs> so, yeah, make make that. And then some maintenance gear, man. Should an emergency and you might have to leave the house, have a way to freaking clean your gun, right? To do that field maintenance. Some CLP is good. Some CLP is good. Yep. Have some lubricant. However, it's an old Humvee trick. Should you not have any lubricant at the range, you just pull the old dipstick out. Use that. Okay. Yeah. 10W20 gets you, get you far. <laughs> OW20, whatever it is. It's pretty good. All right. I think, I think that's the stuff that we wanted to cover. You know, out of all the stuff we've talked about, not once has bread came up. Oh, no. Bread, dude, how could I forget? I know. I mean, I got this little story. So, my parents, right? So, it was, it's been about five, ten years ago. They're both past now. They're looking down at me doing this thing saying, don't you dare say this. <laughs> so, it was winter. We got a bad snow. They were old enough where they didn't want to go out and drive. And so, I had a big four-wheel drive truck. I'm like, Mom, you know, what do you need from the store? She's like, oh, you know, I need a couple loaves of bread. And I'm like, okay, you know, that's cool. They eat a lot of sandwiches for lunch. I'm okay with that. So I go to the store, get a couple loaves of bread and some other stuff they needed, drive by their house, go up there. And she's like, hey, will you take it down and put it in the freezer in the basement? So I go down oh my God, to the I freezer in the coming. basement, and there's like 10 loaves of bread <laughs> in there. And so I'm just like, I'm looking at them like, why did I have to get two more loaves of bread when you had 10 of them? That is their emergency ration right there. I mean, who doesn't like toast on a nice blizzardy day? Dude, every time they call for 
inclement weather in Ohio. <laughs> you go to the store and the freaking bread's gone. There's no bread. I don't get it. I mean, it's easy to make. I mean, you can do a lot of stuff with bread. Oh, you know, actually, we missed a key. Speaking of the bread, we missed a key point of this whole emergency plan and having some resources. It's that sense of community, right? Yes. And the barter system. See, they had all the bread. Yes. Should they needed some gas, they could have traded some a bread. loaf of bread. For yeah, some hell gas. yeah. <laughs> you don't have to be. You don't have to be an island. Get with your neighbors if you can stand them and and spread the wealth, spread the the responsibility around. Like in my emergency situation, Ed's going to bring the bread. (laughs) I got the bread. Even if it's in can form, we should be fine. Some wheat and some eggs and milk. So my neighbors have a, you know, we neighborhood program. And so, like, two of my neighbors beside me, they both have, like, natural gas generators. Every Monday, those things kick on. So, they're like a whole house generator. So, I've talked to them. I'm like, hey, you know, if, you know, if things go bad, you know, and I don't have electricity, you know, I've got a long enough extension cord that I can plug in there to at least keep my refrigerator running. Or, you know, if I've got a little electric heater, if it's cold out, I've got, I've got ways that, that. So if you do know of somebody, you know, everybody piles their assets together and you take care of each other. That is the Soviet way. Yes. Comrade. (laughs) No, but in all seriousness, that's a great idea. Those Gentech generators are sweet. Yeah. Those are awesome. Yep. Um, Man, I think, I think that's it. Any other stories that you want to tell relating to preparedness or maybe times when you weren't prepared i have oh my god <laughs> countless countless when i was like what, the hell? what was i thinking so i mean if you really want to kind of like live off the grid for a while i love to go out to utah and camp and hike we spend a week out there it's not I don't want to say it's like off the grid because you still have your car. You still, some places you have phone reception, you know, stuff like that. You can make phone calls and you can talk and, but it's pretty neat to like, just sit down and say, okay, I'm going to be hiking for two days. What all do I need? And to go through that and to, to look and see, you know, what you can live with and what you can't live without. Oh, for sure. And if you have to carry that, you start living without a lot of stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's a interesting point you make. So like, let's say I don't plan on leaving my house. It would have to be an extreme circumstance, like a train derailment yeah. before I leave my home and pack up the, the kiddo. So a policy that I very strictly uphold in my household, especially with my wife, is in the wintertime, especially the car cannot be below half a tank of gas. Should for some reason we need to drive to you know her parents' house or my parents' house or someplace, we got enough gas that we can get out of the immediate area. Because she has a tendency to let that sucker sit on 20 to 20 miles 20%. to empty. And yeah. it's like, what are you doing? Can't take that. Yeah, Don't do that. Don't be that person. Be prepared. All right, everybody. If you have any suggestions for us or you see any uh, glaring holes in Ed's preparedness plan, please shoot us an email. Uh, you can email us at, or just text the phone number for the shop. We've got that back up and running so we can get it there. 
any of the Blackwing emails, come in and see us. We would be happy to talk to you about it. And please make a plan, rehearse that plan, and you know, get a little bit of community so that you're not in it by yourself. Do that and you should be good. Sounds good. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.